Hey, everybody, coming up on the Matt Townsend Show, we're talking about habits. How long does it take to rewire your brain to add good habits and to weed out the bad ones? We're talking about it after the news with Tybo Mill. This is Tyler Mayo with your news on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Federal law enforcement are still looking for whoever sent ricin-laced letters to the president. Authorities have been led to the home of a Mississippi man who has not been charged or named a suspect officially, but is being questioned and is cooperating fully with the authorities. Lawmakers are pushing the FBI for more answers on the Boston Marathon bombing. Information thus far has failed to explain why the FBI did not react more to warnings about one suspect. Some are still skeptical about the two brothers working alone. Five people were killed and a six-year-old girl was injured in a shooting in Manchester, Illinois this morning. The suspect of the shooting was shot and killed by police. No motive has been reported so far. President Obama is heading to Texas for the dedication of the George W. Bush Library. Though Presidents Obama and Bush have differing political views, they share the same sentiment that America will defend itself against terrorism. Speaking of the president, Mr. and Mrs. Obama are threatening to get matching tattoos if their daughters decide to get one. The daughters were told when and if they decided to get tattoos, their parents would get the same tattoo in the same place. In world news, nearly 100 people were killed this morning when an eight-story garment factory collapsed near Bangladesh. Over 1,000 people were injured, and rescue workers fear more people are still trapped in the rubble. Health officials in Taiwan confirmed the country's first case of a new strain of bird flu. Experts are calling especially dangerous. Over 20 people have succumbed to the disease already in China. One of the men arrested in Canada for suspicion of planning to derail a passenger train disputed the authority of Canadian law to judge him in court today, claiming the criminal code is not a holy book. That's the latest news on Sirius XM, BYU Radio. I'm Tyler Mayle. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, sitting here looking at a very lovely face. Tyler, I mean, <laughs> Tyler Mail, our stuff. We, we just, by the way, the news was just done for the first time. Was just, I don't know if we perform news. Delivered. The news was delivered by an intern we used to call Gus uh, before any of us knew his name. And somehow he snuck past security and got in here. And now he's doing the, the, the news updates. Tyler Mail, also known as Tybo. Appreciate that. Intern Dave, intern Gus. Intern Dave, intern Gus, and hey you. Yeah. He's good. So that's good. But that's that's one great news. And then the other great news is I'm sitting across looking at a very wonderful site. Uh, normally I just look at Skyboy. But today we have a special guest in the midst. The mother of the superhero Skyboy, she's saying no, but she really in her heart means yes. And she's, she is here, she's here to kind of, because it's graduation week near BYU, at BYU. Her son's nowhere near graduating, but um, I think she's here to slowly influence Skyboy to graduate. Is that what you're doing here, Mom? Mom Hanson. First name is? Melanie. I knew Melanie. I knew that. I was going to call you Melody. 
<laughs> but that would have been wrong. Now I almost was. Were you really? But my dad had mercy. That's a pretty name. <laughs> well, her her maiden name's Bird, so it would have been Melody Bird. Oh, like a songbird. Uh, yeah, that's so kind of messed up. Should have been made fun of a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Um, that's it's good to have you. Thanks. Isn't it weird to because you know Sky Boy? I Every, do pretty well. You know what I mean. <laughs> Everybody else knows bit. him as just kind of the guy that wears tights and has a cape. Yeah. But you know him really as when he had tights and a cape. You know, he actually did have a cape. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, actually? He's got one on right now. <laughs> so what do you think, Mom? Good kid, huh? Yeah, really good kid. Yeah. Are you going to keep him? I, I think so. Yeah. They're kind of hard to get rid of. They now. are. Yeah, they don't go away. <laughs> uh, what do you think about him playing guitar? He's excellent. Isn't he amazing? Yeah, he really is. Don't you think he should just play guitar for the rest of his life, even if he's in a dead-end band that never goes anywhere? Definitely not. <laughs> okay. I'm just checking. See, that's how I know you are his real mother. <laughs> right. Because a real mother, uh, any fake mother would say, no, I want him to play in a band even if it's dead-end. Okay, yeah. here's the deal. Today's show, we're talking about habits. And what we want to know is this, because nobody knows Skyboy better than you. We want to know Sky's bad habits. Hmm. Well, he does play guitar. He's he gets kind of obsessed with the guitar. So, yeah. like when he's at home, it's like it's attached to his I know, body. He holds it everywhere. So he strums it constantly. Mm-hmm. So it's like a habit, I guess. That's but a bad sometimes habit. it's annoying for the rest of the family because, <laughs> yeah. like, it's hard to have conversation or, you know, like we've just got this constant yeah. strum going. He's on. like that cowboy in New York, the walking cowboy that carries a guitar around and yeah. walks around in his underwear. It's everywhere. Non- <laughs> it's I don't know that you do that, but. It's always got to be weird, like, when you just hear the music coming from the restroom. <laughs> like, oh, Skyboy in there? Yeah, he's about yeah. done with this song. <laughs> Isn't it wild? But So that could be worse, right? He could be the accordion player guy. True. So this is good. Yeah. So that's a bad habit. Any others that we need to tell everybody in the world about? Hmm, let's see. This, the superhero thing's weird. The superhero thing. Yeah, that's been since... What about dating? Don't you think Sky (laughs) has this too? He's always worn those vibrant colored capes. Don't you think Sky needs to date more? Um, He does date. (gasps) He dates. Are you holding back on us? I don't hold back. Maybe he just doesn't date and tell. Yeah, he's not a date and teller. Well, last time I I brought up my dating life with Matt, I ended up going to a married person's event. (laughs) That was great. (laughs) (laughs) To reignite the spark in your marriage. It was was the first date for me. Yeah, but look, you you guys have reignited. Uh, I don't know. Well, I haven't talked to her since, so I don't okay. know if that's reignited. Well, that was a first date, too. Yeah, so I guess it's reignited our relationship because there was no relationship yeah, before. Yeah, that works. So. But you learned a lot. I learned a lot. You said, in fact, you're still <laughs> quoting it. Am I, oh, yeah, because yeah. reignite your spark. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, You love it. Yeah. Well, we're working on his marriage, even though he doesn't have one. So just know we, we, we like Skyboy. We really do. And you've done a great job with him. Thanks. Yeah. See? We didn't embarrass her. The show's just barely getting started, though, so we've got all day to embarrass Skyboy. So today's topic, we're talking about habits. Now, here's the funny thing. Um, what if I told you that 21 – have you ever heard the quote that 21 days to make a habit? Anybody heard that? Yep. It's not true. We're going to blow that myth up today. I'm not going to tell like you. Like Mythbusters. Oh, it's Mythbusters. Yeah. yeah. But we're not going to tell you – I think that's the very end of the show we're going to talk about that, right? We are. Okay. So I'm not even going to tell you, but I'm going to just say it's more than 21 days. Okay, I knew that. I can't. I can't even. Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor Thank Matt you. Townsend. That's right. Yeah. There's. <laughs> but any of you guys have habits you just want to fix? Because today's the day we're fixing the habit day. I bite my nails 
I, I do am too. Twenty four years old, and I bite my nails. I do too. I, it's not. It's not bad. If you were biting other people's nails, that's weird. that's weird. <laughs> if you just bite your own nails, I find it's. I find it's actually very calming. Well, okay. What am I going to do when I'm bored and I can't leave? Well, I could do nothing. Yeah. Or I could give you know my little manicure on myself. Right. That's good. With my teeth. Until, unless you burn, unless you have like run out of nails. Well, yeah, there's a stopping point. Yeah. Um, I, I, over years, I have figured out, you know, there's a point where it hurts. Uh-huh. Uh, that's, you've gone too far. Yeah. Well, that's a great lesson. <laughs> and, you know, that could be taken to anything. Okay. You know, if you play the guitar so much that it hurts, Skyboy, it's time to stop. Know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. Okay, that was I, weird. <laughs> you you don't agree? Well, well, I mean, because I'm just thinking. There's been times where um, I've played shows and I like cut my finger open. Yeah, and it was like bleeding. You're bleeding all but over I the stage. But I can't stop. Well, no, on the, in the middle of the show. Well, yeah, you're yeah. No, well, I agree. also speaking of nails, look at Skyler's nails. They're beautiful. They're, they're gone. They're gone. Oh. What? Yeah, I, have, I don't play classical. Have, oh, okay. I remember when I first started. You yeah. had like one hand that had really long nails, and <laughs> yeah. I was like, "What?" Do you remember that's when that's when Bryce would always look at his nails and be like, "I'd give anything." For <laughs> <laughs> do you know? Do you know how long it, it would take me? Jealousy, to eat those nails? <laughs> overflowing jealousy. That is. Okay. I'm, I'm coveting your fingernails. This, this is so gross. It's funny you hear women that covet other women's nails, but you never hear men coveting nails, especially a guy that never that eats his nails. You don't eat them; you bite them. You bite and- girls. Girls I dated actually were jealous of them because I took really good care of them for the guitar. Maybe that's why. You didn't have as many dates during that time. No, that's when I had the most dates. Oh, it was. Yeah. Okay. I had I dated a couple different girls, and I had the long nails, and they were they were really impressed. They're like, "Your nails are actually very pretty, and you take very good care of them." Okay, pretty nails, not what we're going for. <laughs> but I just I just filed them so that they could play the strings. Yeah, I like yeah. it. They were shaped nicely. Mm-hmm. I was told. Well, can't beat that. So, um, <laughs> anybody else got anybody else have a, a habit? We're what gonna, have we're I done celebrate. to my meal schedule? I have breakfast at about 11 a.m. Well, yeah. I have lunch about 6 o'clock when we're done with the show. Holy cow. When do you eat dinner? Uh, about 11.15 uh, at night. Okay, that's acid reflux. That's going to cause problems. And I'm not even a medical doctor. And it's self-perpetuating. Yeah. Because you get up in the morning. You know, I just ate a few hours before. So. Yeah. So you have an eating I, So I, I don't, I'm not hungry for breakfast till about 11 o'clock. That's and not then good. We start the show. I don't have enough time to eat lunch till my lunch is sitting in the fridge out there. I better write until these the show's down. over. So we have a nail biting habit. Um, I guess Skyboy, what are we going with you, with you? A dating habit. <laughs> guitar. Uh, I, guess guitar. I think not... the, I think the habit is you got to grow your nails back. No, I, I hate my nails. I hated them actually. Well, the ladies loved them. I, I crack my knuckles sometimes. I don't like that. That's so, gross. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one to fix. I, I want to fix that. I think I'm going to go for nails. The problem is every time I grow my nails out, they bug me because then they're hanging over my fingertips. I don't want anything hanging over my fingertips. Yeah. Know what I mean? It bugs me. I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, nails, uh, a little eating disorder. Is a that chronological eating disorder. <laughs> chronological eating disorder. Okay, anybody else have one that we're going to work on? Because we're, be, we're bringing in an expert that's going to actually teach us to rewire our brain. Merit. I have one. What? I never go to bed when I'm tired. Like, it's 10 I o'clock. I'm like, that. I'm really I tired. That. I should go yeah. to bed so I can be useful the next morning. And then around three and a half hours later, uh-huh. like at 1.30, I'm like, hmm, probably should get ready for bed now. Well, it's Isn't hard that? It's hard to go to bed when you're tired because then you have to brush your teeth and <laughs> floss. And then it wakes you up and you're not tired anymore. 
So like when I'm tired, I just want to fall asleep. I don't want to have to get up and brush my teeth. You know what I do? I just keep a toothbrush right by my bed. <laughs> just kind of brush in bed. And then I just brush and spit in the bucket. <laughs> and then I just roll over and go to bed. I never thought of that. Mm-hmm. Or good... <laughs> if you put a mint in, you don't even have to brush. It's like the same. <laughs> it's exactly the same. You wake up with a mint in your ear, but you don't have to brush. I'm just telling you. I mean, I, I'm older than all of you. I'm even older than Skylar's mom, I'm sure. I'd, I'd seriously bet. Your wife liked the late night choking? Ah, Matt, 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 wake up. Matt. <laughs> She's got a mint in her eye. <laughs> I can't see. Nope. Uh, yeah, she doesn't like that very much. So that's interesting. I, I, I have that problem. Why would we just not go to bed? You're tired. Everything in you is saying, let's just wrap it up now. And you think, no, let me play one more game on my Yeah, it's phone. five more minutes. I can wait five more minutes. I can oh, do absolutely nothing on Facebook for five more minutes. Don't you hate that one? I can make myself some cereal. That's why you're yeah. yawning all the time. Probably. You're a yawner. I am. That's all right. Until you make the rest of us yawn. Um, <laughs> okay, so you're, uh, what do we call that? Just the sleep? You're not taking the sleep cue. Sleep avoidant? Yes. Thank you with the big vocabulary. <laughs> um, okay, it looks like Madison, you're up. You're last. You have a habit we want to break before you I don't you know. Leave? Can you think of one that I do? Well, tearing things a lot in, on the on the microphones. No, but... no, no. How she folds oh, every single piece of paper. <laughs> yeah, she's and a her folder. piece of paper. It's folded. But I don't know million... if that's a habit or it's if like that's micro just... folds. No, that's more okay. like an addiction. So <laughs> compulsion. 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 Okay. So this current piece that I'm holding right now, it is. You guys are messed up. It is is folded in half, thirty six lengthwise and eight. What we're saying is, it's not just she's isn't folding it into eighths and calling it a day. No, No. (laughs) they're about the size of the tip of a pen. Okay, not that. I can't get that small. Well, what you need is a hobby. I do though. <laughs> you know, yeah, you need to learn to play the guitar and you can no, carry no, it around. No, we can redirect this. <laughs> yeah. Origami. Like I clearly folding pro- papers the problem. She did. No, she did I an do. origami look, flower. Look, I have that origami flower. Oh, that's flower. what we try to throw <laughs> on Sky Boys. Something now. more complex. <laughs> something hey, with I, moving parts. Okay. That'd be cool. <laughs> we've got to get something for you for the folding compulsion. <laughs> but that's... it's true. I actually like I used to like pick at the wallpaper when I was younger and so my parents tried to get me into origami. Yeah. Loved it for a few years. Did it years. work? Yeah, I still do it. They, like, for church, they hand out programs and stuff like that. I always have to be the last one to have it because it is folded into a crane, a flower ball, a... Wow. Like a box. I don't know. Hey, you know what stuff. you could do? Have you thought of cracking your knuckles? Uh, uh, I was like, oh, I was, like trying to, to crack them. That's I do that, bad. but you can only do that, like... Oh, well, that was ah, a good one. Okay. That, okay. Like, Pod really that do mic it. down. Pod <laughs> that mic down. That's gross. Um, okay, let's just agree you're all messed up. I have, But the weird thing is I think I have every one of your issues except for walking around with a guitar all over all over the place and then folding everything. Well, now you have your little garage band app. Oh, so you're constantly making music with that, I'm sure. Actually, I got bored with that. <laughs> now I have a soccer <laughs> app where first... I just score goals. <laughs> And when when my head's saying, hey, you're tired. Maybe it's time to go to bed. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to play one more game. I'm just going to score, I don't know, some more goals. But I've, I've you know, well, I, I've, I'll I've probably go pro. I've seen that game. It's just a button that says score goal. And you click it and you score a goal. Yeah, no, that's a different game. Click right? it again. <laughs> score a, another goal. That's that a, is so sad. <laughs> so it's <a> sad. <laughs> yeah, well, at least we don't fold paper. 
Um, I think Matt just hey. likes pushing touchscreen buttons. Like it's yesterday totally. when he hey. pushed the... Hey, hey, hey. Do you remember hey. that? No, I don't. Oh, okay. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, habits. Apparently, we've all got some bad habits. I'm sure some of you out there even have some. Now, I'm sure you don't know what they are because you're such a part of your habits, you can't see them. But you can tell your friends that they've got bad habits. So on the show today, we're going to be talking with an expert about our habits. And we're going to teach you how to rewire your brain so your habits can actually, uh, I guess, change. We're also going to talk about how maybe just the way... We have grown and evolved as a human, maybe impacting our very own habits. Hmm. Interesting. Now, anything else we're going to talk about habits, Robbie? Uh, Don't be I should know this. I'm the show producer here. Oh, uh, talking to about... No, I couldn't have created a more obvious segue. (laughs) Perfect. I I dropped the ball. I had you mesmerized. (laughs) New York City's talking about raising the uh, purchase consent age for tobacco to 21. Hmm. The idea being, yeah. you're older, you're less likely to form a habit. The problem is, you're older, you're less likely to form a habit. Yeah. Well, well you, by 21, you've created so many other habits that prevent you from wanting to smoke that, in theory, you've already made other bad habits. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, it seems to make a little sense. Well, the problem they're finding is people form the smoking habit at about 14. Okay. So it's an early So habit. it doesn't already at 18. It's so not So if we as... extend the age, we'd have less people picking it up during the impressionable years. Okay. Well, is that the way we get rid of a habit is we just create a policy? Is that what we do? What Work, you works for crime. Oh. Yeah. I just said what you said. You're, you're mumbling. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that's one way to create a habit, but that's not going to change anything for real, right? We're going to get into some rules, some tools, some bad habits. We're even going to come back and talk about some other habits that that uh, maybe, you know, technology habits that might be getting in the way. Also, our great Bryce Tobin's got his own rant we're going to get into later today, which is, by the way, becoming a habit. And uh, we will come back with more ideas, more tools for you to crack a habit, to break it once and for all. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Learning to see and understand air pollution is what the Discover AQ mission is all about. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. NASA has a satellite in development that will park itself in geostationary orbit above the U.S. and provide a full coast-to-coast detailed look at U.S. air quality through the daytime hours. Thanks to modern sensors and advances in processing, this satellite, called Tempo, will be able to monitor and report air pollution levels across the nation. Critical information for people with health issues, first responders, hospitals, schools, and the transportation industry. Before Tempo can go to work, however, we need to teach it what to look for and to discriminate between pollution high in the upper atmosphere and air pollution down near the ground, where it affects people. A NASA project called Discover AQ is gathering and interpreting that information, targeting the San Joaquin Valley in California, an area with frequent air quality problems, the mission takes samples and observations from ground stations, tethered in free balloons, as well as high and low altitude aircraft to build up a 3D database of air quality conditions. 
The models built from this survey will make Tempo's future atmosphere observations, and particularly its pollution forecasts, more precise than anything that came before. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. There are several ways to listen to BYU Radio. You can tune in to Sirius XM Channel 143. You can catch the live stream on BYURadio.org. And now you have our newest option for listening, the BYU Radio app. Our iOS app is free and has access to the live stream and the program schedule. So get on your iPhones and iPads and download the free BYU Radio app now. Talk about good. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We are talking about habits today and how to break a bad habit. So who better to enlighten us, to to edify us, than our very own Bryce Tobin. So Bryce has some thoughts about habits that he would just love to share with us. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is the Bryce's Right. If you're going to rewire your brain... A good place to start is with your habits. But usually when we talk about habits, we oversimplify the process and ultimately fail in rewiring anything at all. So I'm going to take the habit of overeating as an example. Because it's complex and it gets oversimplified, also it's a habit that gets a lot of attention and rarely gets fixed. The primary problem with overeating is that we're working with a machine that's biologically designed for an impoverished lifestyle. The concept of portion sizes and meals don't fit with how we're built. We carry with us the genes of people who spent most of their lives feeling hungry, who had no idea when their next meal would be, and had to eat everything they could as fast as they could. That's the evolutionary and biological side of things, and with habits, this is the primary thing we're fighting. The sociocultural side to the habit of overeating is mostly self-inflicted. This is the part where we wired ourselves, and this is the part that we really need to rewire if we want any hope of fighting our biological programming. The first self-inflicted problem is our constant binge eating. In the immortal words of Louis C.K., I don't stop eating when I'm full. I stop eating once I hate myself. We have so much food available that we can easily and inexpensively eat until it hurts. Our body has a built-in signal system that's supposed to manage this sort of thing. When there's no food in the stomach, it gives our brain the hungry signal. Once we're putting food into our stomach, this feeling stops. Then once we've reached capacity, our brain gets a brand new signal. It's the full feeling. This is also the stop eating signal. But we've trained ourselves to ignore this. We ignore this. In fact, we've ignored this so much that we've trained ourselves out of it. The full feeling means nothing to us. We've relabeled the pain sensation of our stomach being stretched far beyond capacity as the hey, you're full now signal. In fact, I challenge you to find the I'm full feeling because I'm willing to bet you have no idea what it is. The second self-inflicted problem is the social pressure. This one is so silly, but it commands so much of our eating. You sit down for dinner, you get your food. You probably got too much, but that's not a huge issue at this point. You eat the food, you enjoyed it, you're full but not in pain, but there's still some remnants of food on your plate. You're done, and you know you're done, but Joe Bob, the food inhaler, is working on his third plate, which obviously means that he enjoyed it all more than you, and if Joe Bob is setting the scale, you must have hated the food, so you better get another plate to make sure the person who made the food doesn't feel bad about theirself. So kind of what I'm saying is guilt trips are the reason for hardened arteries. And while I'm on the subject, never subject someone to a second plate they haven't asked for. You may think you're giving them a gift of your food, but really you're giving them a plate filled with heart disease. The third self-inflicted problem is the clear your plate mentality. As kids, we were constantly coerced to clear our plate. Didn't matter if we were full, didn't matter if we liked the food. 
We weren't done until our plate was done. Part of this was our fault because as kids we made a million excuses and our parents were frankly sick of it. But this mentality further served to quell our brain's ability to interpret when we're done and when we're not. So the point I want to make is that habits are not just habits. They're convoluted mixes of outdated genes, pointless social pressure, and bad training like in the case of overeating. To rewire, you'll have to fix things on several levels. All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. You thought that through. You think a lot of these things through. I have too much free time and not enough stuff keeping my brain busy. That's really what it is. Apparently, though, you actually understand the food problem really well. Well, I've thought about it. It's pretty, I think it's kind of backwards. Do you eat so much that you're, oh, yeah, you do, because you actually, you talk about comas. Oh, food comas? I did a bad one last night. I went out to uh, Chinese food, got uh-huh. too much to eat, went home. I still had leftover half a pot, half an eight-quart pot of pasta. That was gone in an hour. Wow. That's pretty, that's a food crime. You don't notice the signs. Right? I, I think I purposely ignored it. Don't you think, like, by the time, I don't know, your lower right quadrant is, like, pulsating <laughs> when, and, like, about to burst through your skin, you ought to, like, yeah, I'm going to back it down. Once my insides are more food than me, yeah. um, I think we have a problem. <sighs> that's horrible. I've, I've just built this habit of, actually, it's just pasta. Really, that's what it is. It is. A pasta habit. You put pasta in front of me, I'll eat until I die. But <laughs> you put something else, um, I seem to be able to stop. I seem to be able to notice. But... Well, yeah. You need to just slow down. That's the key. My wife says, hey, bud, slow down. What's the rush? And I'm like, well, I, I learned to eat fast because when I would go out and speak – I'd have to eat quickly because then I'd, I'd talk to the clients and stuff. So I was always trying to talk to the clients. You were you were Joe Bob, the food inhaler. You just yeah. all gone. Yeah. And um, so I learned to just eat very quickly. And, well, that was more – that's practical. Yeah. But the problem is now I do it quickly and she just thinks that's <laughs> – You do it quickly and then you don't talk to anyone. You, yeah. And then it's but apparently your body diff- needs to actually catch up to, to it, right? I mean your brain is – There's a bit of a delay. delay. Mm-hmm. There's a bit of a delay. But pasta, you know – I mean, I would think if your gut was full of food and then you added another five pounds of pasta, I'm sure your brain was saying something. It probably was. And you didn't pay attention. No. But you look amazingly trim. Well, we'll see. We'll see what the next few months <laughs> yeah. hold. Wait till you're married. When I had my first kid, actually my wife had it, um, <laughs> I gained 10 pounds. And every child after that, I gained another 10 pounds. So what you're saying is we need to start getting rid of your kids. Yeah, I'm there losing too, so I'm hoping the weight will drop. But I don't think it works that way. They, my wife says you got to work out, and I'm like, whatever. <laughs> you didn't work out to get yeah, the weight, yeah. so. I don't even think it's right because she lost the weight, but she also had the baby inside her. When you, when you lose the baby, you lose the weight. Bop, boom, done. Not me. <laughs> Maybe not in all cases. I, didn't, I never had the baby in, and I still gained the weight. How am I going to lose it? Maybe she gave the weight to you. Sure she did. Sure she did. So we're talking today on the show about habits. And, uh, you know, they're they're complicated. And we thought if we're going to talk about habits, we could just sit there and say make a habit, which we've tried on the show. And uh, it didn't work. But today we've got some big problems. We've got to take care of our nails. We've got a chronological eating problem with somebody, a sleeping cue issue where they don't take the cue to go to sleep. Bryce here is going to actually eat himself into a coma. I'll do it and I'll like it. And uh, which isn't good. And then we have the folder that just folds everything she gets her hands on. 
These are things that need to be fixed. So we're bringing on John Arden. After the break, Ph.D. John Arden, the author of the book Brain-Based Therapy, he's going to teach us how to start shifting some of the uh, thinking in our brain to actually create a shift in a habit. Good stuff. You're going to want to stick around for this one. Also, go grab everybody in your life that needs to change a habit. Get them on the get them uh, listening to our show today. You are listening to the Matt Townsend show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Rise up and become a corporate sponsor of Cougar Sports on BYU Radio and BYU TV. For information, call 801-422-1448 or email corporate support at byu.edu. Go Cougars! This is Tyler Mail with your news on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Illinois police have identified Rick Smith as a suspect in the Manchester shootings earlier today. Authorities report the victims were related. Two of them were children. The deceased Boston Marathon bombing suspect aspired to be an Olympic boxer, according to a friend. The man said he would not classify the suspect as a religious radical. The investigation surrounding the ricin-laced letters sent to the president last week is being expanded. Law enforcement agencies are now searching, searching the home and business of a Mississippi man in Tupelo. President Obama is heading to Texas for the dedication of the George W. Bush Library. Though Presidents Obama and Bush have differing political views, they share the same sentiment that America will defend itself against terrorism. Speaking of the president, Mr. and Mrs. Obama are threatening to get matching tattoos if their daughters decide to get one. The daughters were told when and if they decided to get these tattoos, their parents would get the same tattoo in the same place. In world news, over 120 people have been confirmed dead after an eight-story garment factory collapsed near Bangladesh this morning. The building employed more than 2,500 workers. Authorities are unclear as to the cause of the accident. Chinese health officials say the new bird flu outbreak in Asia is more easily transmitted from poultry to humans. This especially dangerous strain has now spread to the island of Taiwan. One of the men arrested in Canada for suspicion of planning to derail a passenger train disputed the authority of Canadian law to judge him in court today, claiming the criminal code is not a holy book. That is the latest news on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Tyler Mayo. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We are talking about making some changes in our habits. Do you have a habit that uh, you or your family have pointed out, you've maybe pointed out to yourself, you know you need to change. It's something that's starting to get annoying, maybe for yourself or for others. Maybe it's something that the police have actually showed up to talk to you about. Do you have a habit that you need to deal with, that you need to work on? Today is the day we're going to learn some serious tools uh, of how to actually create a change. 
in some of our habits. And our guest today is the author of a book, Rewire Your Brain. Dr. John Arden is joining us. Over 35 years of experience providing psychological services and directing mental health programs. For example, since 1999, John Arden has served as the director of training for mental health in the Northern California region. He uh, trains, does a lot of workshops and programs across the country, and he, he has a new vision for therapy and psychotherapy, brain-based therapy, and we've brought him on the show today to see if he can't help some of us rewire our brain and change some habits. Uh, John Arden, thanks for joining us today. Oh, I'm happy to, to join you. Thanks for having me. It's so great to have you. And this, this thing, this idea of a habit changing, you know, that's where all the self-help books are made, right? We're going to change something. We're going to help you become so different. But apparently, maybe we're trying to go about, you know, creating some habit changes in a less effective way than, than what you have learned and ready to teach us. Well, you know, if you think about habits as being... Uh, uh, good or bad. I mean, we we are uh, composed of some very good habits. Absolutely. We get our teeth on time. We get to work on time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have some bad habits. Right. I think you were just talking about overeating as a yeah. as a bad habit, and uh, so I think it's really a good idea to understand that uh, uh, because the brain is so plastic, we can actually uh, create new habits, uh, break bad habits. Uh, if we look at it uh, from a comprehensive uh, point of view, so so let's take the brain for example. Yeah, you've got a uh, hundred billion neurons in your brain. So mm-hmm. do I. So do all your listeners. Okay. And each neuron has roughly about ten thousand connections with other neurons. So think of the incredible complexity of our brains. These connections are these little gaps we call synapses. So okay. When we develop a new habit, we develop new connections with other neurons. So how do you do that? Well, you do that by practice. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, uh, it's really difficult to develop a, uh, a new habit without uh, kind of doing what we don't feel like doing. So if you continue doing what you always have done, you'll stay in your old bad habit, for example. That, so that quote is actually like physiologically true. <laughs> Oh, yeah. We throw that quote out. Yeah, if you keep doing what you've always been doing, you'll keep getting what you've always been getting. But you're saying physiologically, if you stay in that part of your brain, it's going to stay the same. Right. So so think of uh, learning a new language. You may not feel like going to the French or the Spanish class at the local JC or or wherever. Uh, But you kind of go, God darn it, man, I better get out there. I'm going to go, yes, but I don't feel like it. I'm tired. I just did a radio show, and I don't feel like going to the class. But you go anyway. Right. And uh, that's doing what you don't feel like doing. But after a while, you, you continue to practice. And now you can not only remember uh, words in Spanish, your vocabulary increases, but also your intonation increases, your fluidity of speech increases, and now it becomes a little bit more easy for Mm. you to speak in Spanish. In fact, now you might even crave speaking in Spanish because it's now becoming much more fluid to you. Uh, And so let's let's use an acronym. Um, uh, In the book that you mentioned, uh, Rewire Your Brain, I I like to use FEED as an acronym. FEED. or C, okay. Feed, yeah. Uh, so what you do is uh, think in terms of those four letters, F, E, E, D. And so the first one is F, which is focus. First, you need to focus on the new 
subject area. That means essentially you've got to turn on your prefrontal cortex. You've got, got to be awake. <laughs> you've got to be there where you're learning something. Yeah. Right? So you've got to you be noticing go to the, it, right? You've got to be seeing it and actually go engage it mentally. Exactly. You could go to the Spanish class and just sit around and, right. and text on your uh, BlackBerry or your iPhone mm-hmm. or be daydreaming. Uh, you're not focused. Your brief prefrontal cortex is not there. So you could not learn anything, even though your body's there. In fact, you think in terms of uh, highway hypnosis. Sometimes we're just driving along, <laughs> and we could just pass our off-ramp. Yeah, <laughs> and end up in you know I, I think you're in in uh, Salt Lake. Yeah. But maybe you can go way up to the uh, you know Montana without right. getting off on your right offering. Something feels weird. I kind of feel like I need to. Nope, I'm in Montana. <laughs> yeah. What what the heck? What are we in Yellowstone here? Really? What, you know, now we're into uh, Bozeman, Montana. Well, you need your prefrontal cortex on. So that's focus. No, that's interesting, Next. Doc. Let me ask you this because um, one of the deals, I guess, with habits is. We don't even, they kind of almost become so subtle and we're so not focused on them that we don't even necessarily recognize we have certain habits, certain patterns. Excellent point. Excellent point. Almost all of our habits are basically just automatic. Right. We have established them and have uh, practiced them for such a long time, we no longer have to think about them. Mm-hmm. So like driving or like typing or, or whatever. Eating uh, too much. We now yeah. do them over and over again. They become part of our uh, daily uh, sequence of behaviors. You can now walk down the street having a conversation or drive down the road having a conversation with somebody and no longer have to think about walking or driving. Right. You can focus on what you're doing. Okay. Uh, however, when you're learning a new habit, first you need to be be there, and that means your prefrontal cortex, so that's the F. Excellent. Now, okay. The, the, the uh, first E is effort. Now you need to do what you don't feel like doing, or you'll do what you've always done mm-hmm. before. So you need to make an effort. So maybe you and I remember uh, phonographs. You remember yeah, those totally. things? You know, oh, with yeah. those, uh, uh, with their vinyl records with all these grooves and yeah. there's a needle and all that. And let's yep. say you put on a record and you go sit down on the couch and all of a sudden the record starts going, blowing in the wind, blowing in the wind, <laughs> yeah, skip, blowing in the skip, wind. Skip, well, now yeah. you have to get up off the couch and go bump the needle. Well, or throw something. It, whatever, yeah, or just unplug it, or whatever you feel like doing. Or, Call your little brother in. <laughs> yeah. Well, he probably wouldn't even recognize the darn thing. I know, exactly. Yeah. So you have to do what you don't feel like doing. So remember I was talking about going to the Spanish class. Right. You have to go there. Not only do you have to focus, but now you have to practice. Oh, boy. Mm. Now you have to practice conjugating verbs or remembering the vocabulary or, or whatever. And after a while, if you continue practicing, it becomes easier and easier. So we could say that it becomes effortless. Okay. Uh, and that's the second E. So it doesn't, you no longer thing. need to exert. I mean, it's, it's natural to you. You don't need the psychic energy to go make it happen. Exactly. In fact, uh, we know now from uh, a huge number of brain imaging uh, uh, studies that uh, when you're acquiring a new habit, you can see the, the brain work a whole lot harder hmm. than when you have established the habit. Yeah. So going from the first E to the second E, going from effort to effortless, uh, you can see the brain sort of quiet down, and you're no longer trying as hard because you don't have to try as hard. And remember I was saying before, you have 100 billion neurons in the brain. Uh, every, every neuron has roughly about 10,000 brain connections with other, other uh, mm. 
you know, neurons, right. you establish new connections, and once you establish those connections and strengthen those connections, in neuroscience language it's called long-term potentiation, now you strengthen those connections and you're solidifying a habit. Oh, I love that. And uh, now the brain doesn't have to work as hard to acquire, or rather to uh, practice that habit. But let's say you learn Spanish, okay? Right. So you went through the F, you went through the uh, effort, you went through the effortless. You go down, travel around, let's say Peru, go to Machu Picchu, and you don't have to, you know, try real hard to, to ask, you know, where the bathroom is, or <laughs> you want this or that, uh, or maybe even have a conversation with someone. Uh, uh, and then you come back to Salt Lake City. Yeah. Uh, uh, or uh, where are you, Ogden? Yeah, well, we're Provo. Provo, I'm sorry. Yeah, just south and, of Salt Lake. Yeah, and I'm, I'm up in Northern California. Yeah, beautiful area, by yeah. the way. Thank you. you. you well, you it. too. Yeah. Uh, so we're both very lucky. Yeah, we so are. you come back to wonderful Utah, and uh, and you don't go on another trip requiring Spanish. Yeah. Oh, there and you go. for seven years, you lose it. You lose it. So you, it's like bodybuilding. Yeah. Uh, you don't go to the gym on a regular basis and uh, lift weights. Your muscles are going to atrophy, so it's mm-hmm. a use it or lose it phenomenon. So that's the D in need, and that's determination. Stay determined, okay. exactly. I now, by the way, Doc, I this is my life. So I went to Argentina twenty something years ago, twenty five years ago, and learned Spanish, and uh, had a headache every night for about the first six months of the two year LDS mission I was serving. I was a missionary for my church. Two, every six, every, for six months, I had a headache because I was exerting effort in my brain to learn a language all day that I didn't understand. Then it became effortless, fluid, natural. I started dreaming in it. It was such a great thing. Then I came back, and I would use it occasionally at restaurants. And when I'd go to um, Tijuana, I tried to you know talk down the people when they're selling me something. And I've lost it now. Gone. Yeah. Exactly. Now, I can but, hear you know, parts of it, but I've lost, I mean, it's gone. Right, exactly. It, so we could say that it's not t- totally gone. Yeah. Uh, it'll be easier for you to remember, or rather relearn, if you go to another Spanish class, yeah. relearn Spanish than it would be for someone that's never done that, and they've spent all their time learning Russian and, and Armenian or something. Is some of the wiring then, or the, the, the uh, synapses, connections, are they, it's still there? Well, to some degree, there are rentiments of it. So, for okay. example, let's say that you were a bodybuilder. and well, it's, I, we I'm are. Using, I am. Yeah, and uh, let's say you don't uh, uh, go lift weights and, and all that for about a year. Yeah. Uh, certainly, you're going to atrophy and all that, but it might be easier for you to kind of get back into it than, let's say, somebody that's never done it before. Well, you that's great news. And, and all that. So there, uh, I don't mean to be so pessimistic to say that you're totally uh, you know, wasted away. Right. <laughs> yeah. So to speak. Well, I mean, physically um, you might be, but mentally, if you had a habit in high school of working out, being in shape, getting strong, at least there's kind of some dormant uh, potential in you to get back to that a little easier than maybe most. Yes, I would say so from a multiple, uh, multiple uh, different uh, angles, including uh, what you put into your body. Mm-hmm. So I want to dovetail on what you were discussing with your previous uh, yeah, do, please. earlier with the overeating and, and yeah. uh, uh, that, uh, uh, well, you know, it depends on what you're eating. And so uh, I think somebody said in the in the previous segment about overeating pasta or yeah, something, that's or Chinese food and all that. So you load up on all these simple carbohydrates, 
Uh, and, you know, uh, those simple carbohydrates are essentially poison for the brain. There are a number of studies all over the place, uh, not only uh, within neuroscience, but also in oncology and, and other uh, fields of uh, healthcare that have uh, shown that simple carbohydrates are really just poison for the body. So let's say you come back, now getting back to our, our earlier yeah. uh, format, learning Spanish and all that, and now you come back and your diet has got really bad and you're eating a lot of simple carbohydrates like you know, white flour and sugar and mm-hmm. all that. Are you going to be able to focus as well? No. no. Actually, you're, now you're eroding your brain's capacity for neuroplasticity because you are uh, developing all sorts of bad physiological uh, 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 response patterns, w- one being, uh, not to get too complicated here, but uh, advanced glycation end products, which are uh, these... Uh, uh, neurochemical uh, residues of eating too much uh, glucose, uh, oh. sugar, and now you get a, an accelerated uh, propensity to develop metabolic syndrome, and that's you know that's on the fast track to diabetes two, and you know a lot of neurologists are now uh, calling Alzheimer's is diabetes three. Uh, so wow. uh, what we don't want to be doing is impairing our brain through. Um, uh, you know, developing all sorts of bad habits that right. are really uh, uh, acquiring poisons for our brain. So you could actually uh, create a habit that um, you could habitualize a pattern that just inherently destroys your brain. Exactly. I mean, so it's not just alcohol and drugs that we want to uh, right. watch out for. I mean, certainly those are really terrible things to be doing to your brain, uh, but also food habits. So, you know, look what Mayor Bloomberg uh, brought to many people's attention, uh, uh, and I really feel uh, uh, quite gratified that he actually did, yeah, despite yeah. the politics around it. At least he brought to the attention of uh, people in the, in the country, geez, you know, these super gulp drinks are bad for you. They're, yeah, they're getting you. Exactly. They're adding. They're giving you too much sugar, and then you'll it'll impact your brain. Yeah, or your body. So it's not just your about brain. your waistline, right? Uh, which is a problem actually for your brain too. If I might kind of go off on that, we did a big study in the Kaiser Permanente system that I work within uh, that found that people have a uh, that have a larger uh, uh, gut to their waist, rather the gut to their hips, mm-hmm. uh, have an increased propensity to later develop dementia. So oh, if great. you're going to carry extra weight, don't stick it in your belly. Well, where stick can it I put it? I've been trying to put butt. it everywhere. <laughs> well, you know, if you're a bodybuilder, that's great. You're building muscle mass yeah, and all that. But happening. you don't want to be building uh, uh, fat mass. Ah. Uh, and uh, so uh, where you put it, if you're going to build fat cells, uh, makes a whole lot of difference. So you don't want it near your uh, your organs in your dom- uh, your uh abdominal uh, uh, cavity there, because then you're going to be leaching out all these inflammatory <sighs> proteins. You're killing everything. me, Doc. You're killing well, me. You just described my whole life. Earlier, you already said earlier that uh, one of the things you do is work out a lot. Yeah, I was lying. Oh. That was a lie. <laughs> That's another habit like i got to work on. More of it. I yeah. lie a lot. <laughs> I kind of tell myself, if I tell myself I work out a lot, it's almost like doing it, but it's not real. Uh-huh. Oh, well. But, you know, you've depressed me. Well, well, maybe Whatever. I provided no. a little motivation to. to you know, you actually did, because now I've got to figure out where I'm going to store my fat because I'm storing it in the wrong place. So we're going to have a whole show on just where to store your fat. 
Dr. John Arden. We're talking with uh, Dr. Arden, who wrote the book Rewire Your Brain. And we're going to come back. We're going to take a break, Dr. Arden, and we'll be back giving you some more tools, some more ideas on how to rewire your brain. We're going to get into the solutions now, now that we know what the problem is. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. The light-emitting diode, or LED, is 50 years old now, but it's still learning new tricks. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. The first LEDs were red and infrared in color, and it took years to advance our understanding of semiconductors to get to today, where they can create any color of light you want. LEDs moved from digital watches and calculators into every kind of electronic device you can think of, including TVs. Today's power-thrifty LEDs are often used for flashlights, even car head and taillights. It's been a little tough using LED lights in homes, though. While they can replace the incandescent bulb and the fluorescent bulb, LED house lighting isn't always aesthetically pleasing. Many people think they look too blue or they can make nearby colors seem weak or pale. The technical terms are color temperature and color rendition index, or CRI. But University of Georgia scientists have developed a new LED that has the right color temperature and rendition index to become popular indoors. It's a blue LED with a new phosphor coating. The coating converts the blue light into very pleasant light, similar to old-fashioned incandescent bulbs, but drawing a fraction of the energy. It probably has a bright future. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Not a morning person? Well, then you obviously aren't listening to The Morning Show with Marcus Smith and the team. They can get any day off to a good start. Tune in for intriguing interviews, today's top stories, and a few laughs in between. Hey there, <laughs> The Morning Show. Break a leg. <laughs> now, now, The Morning Show. Join us weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern for The Morning Show here on BYU Radio. Talk about good. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, um, we're trying to work on habits here. And as the good doctor was just explaining, Dr. John Arden is joining us, the author of the book, uh, Rewire Your Brain. As he was just explaining about how you shouldn't put weight around your gut, Skyboy here was just kind of glancing at my gut, which to me seems like a really bad habit, Sky. To glance at your gut? Yeah. Just no, I don't care if you glance at my gut, but not when our guest is talking about putting weight on the gut. Well, I was just kind of making yeah. the contrast of the opposite of weight because of your yeah. bodybuilding days and the yeah. the six pack you have there. It's yeah. really nice. Hey, uh, mom. Yeah. Um, Skylar's mom's with us now. Um, <laughs> you need to work on that with him. I think I do. Because that's just that's like socially wrong. I'm just yeah. letting you know. We need to have a talk. Okay. Will you promise that you'll you'll take him aside before you leave and yeah, talk discipline. about that? Yes. You don't look at someone's gut, okay? When someone's <laughs> talking about a gut. It's noted, Matt. Man. You were looking at my fingernails when we were talking about my fingernails. I know. I couldn't take my eyes off. It's like a train wreck. Hey, Dr. John Arden is joining us, the author of Rewire Your Brain. He, the, what I love about you, Doc, is that you... Um, 
you're you're really trying to uh, – this sounds like you're, it's competitive. It's not. You're trying to move us just beyond psychotherapy to really getting into – to focusing more on what's actually happening in the brain physiologically. Is that the idea? Oh, yes. I, I've been part of uh, this big movement to kind of reconceptualize how we uh, deliver mental health uh, care. Uh, you, you noted earlier that uh, I'm the director of a very large training program in Northern California in the Kaiser Permanente system, whereby we have roughly about 130 uh, mental health trainees, about 60 of them are postdocs. And so I'm, I'm sort of, uh, well, I guess you could say, a big part of the training of mental health professionals. But I also believe that we need to uh, make uh, mental health care much more conceptually uh, um, understood mm-hmm. for our clientele and depathologize uh, much of uh, uh, you know the the reaction patterns of, of uh, you know whatever we you and I might experience. We have right. a lot of stress. We don't need to call it a, a, a very strange uh, yeah. esoteric disorder. Yeah. So I'm I'm really uh, keen on trying to uh, normalize it, make it much more tangible uh, to the the lay public instead of have this sort of doctor. Uh, patient sort of split yeah. between the two of us. And uh, uh, let's face it, I mean, we all experience stress, we all experience anxiety and all that, and it's really the degree of it that's in question. And those of us that perhaps have less anxiety, less depression, we can help those people that have more of it by making uh, 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 what they need to do much more understandable, mm-hmm. putting it in more commonplace terms. And I think that teaching people about their brains is part of it. I love it. Uh, I mean, it seems like we, if we don't, we end up creating more and more of a stigma around these mental health issues instead of just, I mean, in, call it stress instead of anxiety. And it just seems like everyone, okay, who doesn't feel stress? Right, exactly. You, you, were so, you hit the nail on the head there. We create so much of a stigma that people don't want to get help or don't want to do anything about it because they're so fearful that they have some sort of elusive uh, uh, mental disease yeah. or mental illness or something like that uh, that um, sets them off from other people. Uh, let's face it, uh, the, the whole idea that there is there are rather uh, people out there that are totally, totally clean from any kind of foibles mm-hmm. is a silly idea. We're all flawed. Right. And... Uh, but some people are a little bit more uh, challenged than others. Yeah. Uh, so what we're trying to do is help those people that are more challenged uh, make better use of their, their lives. And, and uh, one way to do that is teach them about the brain, and we could call it a user's manual. Yeah. That, that's essentially what I'm trying to do is, is give people a user's manual. And um, so the Rewire Your Brain book is partly that, and also the, my upcoming book that's not out yet but it's coming out called Sharpen Your Brain, which is essentially a user's manual as well. How can we extend the longevity of our brain? How can we experience less anxiety, less depression, less symptoms of dementia Mm -hmm. uh, later on by practicing uh, another uh, set of uh, healthy behaviors that I have encapsulated in another acronym called SEEDS, you mentioned earlier. So this is how we move to healthy. So FEED is, I guess, how we fix a problem. We focus on it, we exert effort on it till it becomes effortless, and then we stay determined to keep doing that. Exactly. Very good. And what is and seeds then is how we create new, brand new, healthy goals? I mean, is that the idea? Well, they, they are, let's say, healthy behaviors that we need to, every human being needs to practice on a regular basis. Okay, excellent. So, so think in terms of planting seeds. Mm-hmm. So if you're planting seeds now, 
your life later is going to be far more fruitful, far more enjoyable, less dementia, less uh, uh, anxiety, depression, and everything else. So let's go through the, the five letters. Okay. The first letter, S, is for social support. We live in a social world. We are a social species. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we know now that people that are more lo- uh, lonely are more anxious and more depressed by huge numbers of studies uh, throughout the world that have demonstrated that people that are more lonely get more depressed. They yeah. actually get symptoms of dementia uh, much earlier than people that aren't lonely. And really? in fact, even down to the chromosomal level, we know that the caps on the end of the chromosomes called the telomeres mm-hmm. actually shorten with loneliness. So wow. being, uh, having healthy social relationships not just any social relationship. Yeah. You don't want to have a codependent one or want somebody with this alcoholic or something yeah, like that. Right. But you want to have healthy social relationships. Uh, so that's the first S. The first E Well, hold on, exercise. Doc. Let me point something out because that's why I was just pushing back on my board operator here, Skyboy. Uh, because socially, you shouldn't look at people's gut when someone's talking about a gut. So I'm just trying to get, because if he keeps doing that, he's going to live a lonely, lonely life where no one will stick around him. I'm trying to help you, Sky. I will always have my mom. She's always got my back. Well, no, she just rolled her eyes and says, I'm done with him. What you're also doing is having this wonderful little kidding going on back and forth. I'm not joking joking with him. And you're pretending to not have it, and that's cool. Uh, But the whole idea of having humor between you and uh, sort of jostling with one another, that's a healthy social relationship. I knew it. And you're that's modeling good. that. That's good. I mean, really, that's, that, I mean, what's so funny is that I work with a lot of relationships that are in conflict and they can't stand each other. And literally, you can see this playing out. You can see almost somebody starting to destroy their relationships and eventually almost guess that they're going to be alone and hurting exactly. for the rest of their lives. I mean, it's exactly. a big deal. Good. Exactly. Got that, Skyboy? Duly noted. Okay. Keep going, Doc. So S, okay. oh, you know, let's do this because I want to hear all of them. Um, we have to take a break because we have to go to news. But hang on with us. We're talking with Dr. John Arden, uh, who is the author of the book Rewire, Rewire Your Brain. Brain. But then you've got a brand new book coming out in a little while called Sharpen Your Brain. He's teaching us how to truly... Take advantage, create a healthier brain, and, and, and lay down the seeds for a healthier mind, a healthier brain. We'll be back with Dr. John Arden to give you the rest of these tools, the seeds to building a healthier brain right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. KBYU FM HD2 Provo. You might tune into Traveling with Eric Dowdle for the tips, the trivia, or for the picturesque descriptions. But personally, my favorite part has to be the stories. I was in the water no longer than, I don't know, 20 seconds and surrounded by turtles. Face to face with this turtle, and if he reaches out and takes a snap of me, I'm disfigured for turtle a long bait. time. Yeah. I've never heard anybody horrified by turtles before, right? <laughs> well, go ahead and kiss a turtle and see how that works. I mean, this thing was huge. Join us for Traveling with Eric Dowdle weekdays at 9 p.m. Eastern here on BYU Radio. This is Tyler Mail with your news on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. The officials investigating the letters to President Obama containing ricin are continually expanding the case. 
One potential suspect has already been identified as a sexual offender. The investigation surrounding a, the Utah the United Nations rights investigator is suggesting the bombings at the Boston Marathon may have been a response to U.S. foreign policy. However, United Nations Chief Ban Ki Moon is rejecting the affiliation. Apple CEO Tim Cook says the company will be buying back $100 billion worth of stock from its shareholders. This is the largest corporate buyback in United States history. American Olympic speed skater Apollo Ono is announcing he will be hanging up his skates and exploring new possibilities. He will be returning to next year's Olympics as a correspondent for NBC. In world news, over 120 people have been confirmed dead after an eight-story garment factory collapsed near Bangladesh this morning. The building employed more than 2,500 workers, and authorities are unclear as to the cause of the accident. Chinese health officials say the new bird flu outbreak in Asia is more easily transmitted from poultry to humans. This especially dangerous strain has now spread to the island of Taiwan. The man suspected of plotting to derail a Canadian passenger train earlier this week is rejecting Canadian law, claiming the criminal code is not a holy book and not worthy of judging him. That's the latest news on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Tyler Mayo. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We are talking about habits and how we can take better care of our brain uh, and feed the brain and, you know, put some seeds into the brain to create a healthier, stronger brain, uh, you know, and prevent some of the problems that a lot of us might face just because we're eating way too many carbs. I don't know if Bryce heard that, but it's going to kill you, Bryce. You either got to stop eating carbs or... Um, you're going to have a brain problem. Just letting you know. We're talking, by the way, with the great uh, author, John, Dr. John Arden, um, who written, he's actually on his 14th book, which I think sounds almost like an obsession, an obsession doctor. Um, maybe it's time you, you back it down a little bit. <laughs> and, and subtract, you think. Uh, yeah, but you're, you're doing so well, and you're helping so many people. So we can't critique it. You're helping us create some seeds, and you have an acronym to, for seeds, the things we need to place, the healthy behaviors we need for our brains to grow strong. Seeds is the acronym, and you just taught us the S is to have social uh, support, social medicine, you call it, where we, we have strong relationships, great friends, peers that make us laugh like we do, Skyboy. But really, you, you're stressing one key to mental health is strong social networks. Exactly. So let's go to the first E of, of seeds. Okay. And uh, that is exercise. Uh, and we know now that exercise is, is actually the best uh, antidepressant that we have. Uh, it's as effective or more uh, than antidepressant medication, uh, as effective or more than psychotherapy, as effective as psychotherapy and medication combined and there are a number of major neurochemical uh, response patterns that result from regular exercise, mm. which include 
the uh, release of uh, what is called brain-derived neurotropic factor, which you can just remember as uh, miracle Grow, <laughs> that can result in actually new neurons in specific areas of your brain. For wow. example, the hippocampus, which lays down new explicit memories, which unfortunately uh, uh, kind of uh, falters uh, as we age if we don't uh, uh, stay healthy. Uh, for example, up to 40% of your hippocampus sort of shrinks with Alzheimer's, for example. Oh, wow. On the other hand, if you're exercising on a regular basis, you can actually grow new neurons in your hippocampus and also your prefrontal cortex uh, through the release of this brain-derived neurotropic factor, which uh, you can remember as uh, miracle Grow. Uh, okay, so that's the first E. The second E is education. We know that people that are more highly educated, that people that uh, learn, especially later in life, uh, really? that are constantly learning new things and you know, taking that Spanish class, French class, or, or whatever, uh, have a more what is called cognitive reserve, meaning more brain connections. Remember, we were talking uh -huh. about the synapses earlier. And the more synapses you have, the more complex your brain. And later in life, when you perhaps even have uh, some dementia process going on, the more you can lose without looking like you lost anything. Wow. In other words, you have more on the bench, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, you, you have the you reserves. You have to get out of your comfort zone. So you have to consider things that are... Um, uh, out of your comfort zone cognitively. Mm -hmm. In other words, when people that don't uh, espouse to your same point of view uh, express their point of view, consider what they're saying and don't just go to some, uh, you know, uh, angry website or whatever that just espouses right. uh, bigotry and whatever. Uh, but rather, building new connections require learning things that you really aren't comfortable learning. You know, wow. like, let's say, for example, learning chemistry or learning how to play the guitar or, or you know, learning areas in areas that you're not familiar with builds new connections. It's stretching. Yeah. You're stretching. You need to stretch your mind to new ideas, new concepts is what you're saying. Exactly, exactly. And that, uh, that doing that, I guess, you're saying, what is it? I guess it gives us more of a reserve of synapses. Exactly, and it's technically called cognitive reserve. Hmm. So we know that people that have a, a bigger cognitive reserve get dementia symptoms later. Hmm. There's a very famous nuns uh, study yeah. uh, that had found that the, these uh, nuns in, in Minnesota who, who were really intellectually astute uh, nuns, they mm -hmm. were... Uh, uh, very involved uh, uh, politically, they would have political discussions, and they, uh, many of them taught school. And there was one, this one sister Mary, who was known to be probably the brightest of the entire bunch, and she lived, uh, uh, I forgot, 101 or something like that. Hmm. And uh, uh, so when she died, all the nuns actually willed their brains uh, to science. So in other words, uh, neuroscientists took a look at their brains. And it turned out that Sister Mary, who was uh, very bright until her last days, actually had a process uh, already developing in her brain that looked like Alzheimer's. Wow. But she didn't have the Alzheimer's symptoms. Yeah. In other words, behaviorally. Yeah. She had the, the actual biochemical processes uh, uh, already uh, going on, the plaques and tangles and, and all that, but she didn't look like it. So she had more reserve there. Yeah. Now, Fascinating. When, 
one way to make sure that your reserve is healthy, of course, is diet. Yep. And we were talking about that earlier. So what you want to do is avoid simple carbohydrates. Complex carbohydrates, by the way, are good. They're a source of energy. So this crazy fad that, that's out there, you know, avoid all carbs and right. everything else, that's really silly and simplistic. Uh, rather, what you want to do is avoid simple carbohydrates. That's white flour, white rice, sugar, uh, those sorts of things. And so every meal ought to have a complex carbohydrate, a protein, or and a fruit or vegetable. Hey, is uh, a maple bar a simple carbohydrate? Well, maple bar probably has. I, mean, I don't know what, what uh, uh, product it is, but probably has a, a fair amount of simple carbohydrates. Yeah form of sugar, mm-hmm. you know, we know that high fructose corn syrup, I mean, that's one of the big poisons out there that people are consuming. Darn it. Yeah. Uh, oh, so wow. anyway, diet, absolutely important. That's the D. Finally, the last S is sleep. And many people don't get good quality sleep. Uh, they may sleep through the night because they might even take a sleep, uh, over-the-counter sleep medication that actually messes up sleep architecture. Right. So we want to get good quality, good sleep architecture. That means good stage four sleep and, and good REM sleep and all that. So what we want to do is promote good sleep by good sleep hygiene techniques, uh, less uh, um, dietary uh, 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 inhibitors of good sleep, you know, simple carbohydrates and so on and so right. forth. Alcohol is terrible for sleep. Caffeine afternoon, bad for sleep. Hold on, caffeine afternoon? Yeah, I, after you know, 12? by the way, I'll take myself as an example. I love espresso. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love to have a double espresso after a very good uh, breakfast, of course. Try it with breakfast. a maple bar. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. just letting you know. It'll <laughs> knock your socks off. Maybe your buddy Sky there might. Yeah, Sky loves that. A pack of those. Yes. Uh, so uh, you really want to have a, a, a good diet and keep the, uh, the caffeine afternoon at a total minimum. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, so what you're going to be ending up doing if you have caffeine, like I'd love to have a, a espresso yeah. right now, but I'm not going to do it because my sleep is going to be messed up tonight. Um, so any caffeine afternoon, uh, bad news for sleep. Alcohol, really bad news for sleep. Computer use late at night, bad news for no, sleep. No, nightmare. And, yeah, and what that's all about basically is your retina is picking up the light signals, uh, and it relays that information to your pineal gland that lies oh, in the center of your brain that uh, releases when it's dark melatonin, the sleeping hormone. So if you're looking at a computer uh, screen late at night, your brain is going to think it's daytime and it won't secrete the sleeping hormone. We melatonin. are messing ourselves up. Oh, yeah, we've got a, a bunch of bad habits out there. Yeah. And we can certainly create better habits. And, by the way, one of the ways the first E works for the last S, in other words, exercise works for sleep, and this has been shown by the Harvard Sleep Lab, is that if you exercise three to six hours before you go to sleep, so let's say like you uh, go to sleep around 11, Mm -hmm. if you finish your exercise, which could be just a brisk walk, um, uh, by 8 o'clock at night, you're going to get a maximum sleep benefit because uh, what you're going to be doing is you're burning off the excess cortisol uh, and stress hormones that have sort of built up over the, the daytime, and you want to kind of have them at a low ebb and going down. And also you want to have a very cool body temperature at night. So if you get good uh, quality sleep, uh, you'll have uh, uh, 
a lower level of the stress hormone cornucopia going up in the morning. Hmm. So if you get a bad sleep, now you're going to have higher cortisol, you're going to have higher epinephrine, which is adrenaline. Now your prefrontal cortex isn't going to be working as well and all that. So sleep works to help you be much more focused and far less susceptible yeah. to pick up viruses and, and everything else out there. Well, and this, this all seems so obvious. Well, you know, a lot of it is very common sense. Right. In many uh, healthy societies, and, and uh, uh, you're part, part of the LDS uh, mm-hmm. culture, and, and you all have been pr- promoting uh, healthy living for quite some time. Well, yeah, and, minus, and, the, yeah, minus and, the, the maple bar. <laughs> yeah, right. And so, uh, you know, lower levels of alcohol, mm-hmm. good quality uh, um, uh, diets and everything, those are ri- part of the seeds. So if those and, seeds, if we don't have the seeds, Doc, I guess do we, then we go up to the feed model and we find one we want to work on and we focus on it. Exactly. So if you want to develop a good seeds kind of program like, for yourself, let's say, for example, uh, social interaction. Let's say you're kind of a social phobe. Mm-hmm. You know, you have social phobia and you don't feel comfortable around people and, and all that. So yeah. we, uh, psychologists that work with people that have anxiety disorders and all that, what we would be doing is helping you uh, learn how to uh, rewire your brain so you can become more socially fluid. Let's, th- let's face it, it's just more practical yeah. to, to have better social skills. You're much more successful as a human being. And we also know, as I was describing earlier, you're going to live longer, you're going to get dementia symptoms later and all that. So what we're going to be doing is asking you to practice being social. And a lot of people say, well, I don't feel like it. I want to go with my comfort zone. Well, then you can go with your bad habit, and you won't acquire a good habit. So what we want you to do is develop some good habits that requires you to get out of your comfort zone and start practicing Mm -hmm. them through the feed your brain uh, uh, you know, format that we were Metaphor, talking about yeah. earlier. Tell me, um, as we, we have to wrap this up, we're talking with Dr. John, or, yeah, Dr. John Arden, who is the author of the book Rewire Your Brain. And, uh, Doc, tell us if there's one thing. So we've learned a lot. We've learned about the feed model. We've learned about the seeds we need to plant for healthier behavior. If there's one thing we could do today that you think would kind of be the one thing that makes that's the big thing. Um, what's the key? Well, you know, boy, I could uh, free associate and come up with all sorts of things. But, you know, uh, I, I think that what um, uh, you and I and every, all your listeners ought to be thinking about is, is having compassion for one another and compassion for ourselves. Mm. And uh, if we have compassion for one another, certainly are the first S of the uh, seeds, is there, but if we have compassion for ourselves too, then we're going to practice good, healthy behavior yeah. as well, and we're going to radiate health, and we're going to get people to kind of want to do what we're doing. Yeah, and it seems like we'll have less like stress. Exactly, we'll have this peace, and then the peace itself is going to heal. Absolutely, absolutely. Love it. If people want to be around you, they're going to feel more comforted by you and more uh, uh, desiring of wanting to practice good, healthy behaviors. Love it. Dr. John Arden, you can find Dr. Arden um, by just going to his website, Dr. Dr. John Arden, A-R-D-E-N, drjohnarden.com. And that's where you can get his books um, and, and just read more about his workshops and find out where he's speaking. Dr. Arden, thanks again for joining us. 
Oh, I very much enjoyed it. Wonderful Thank insight. You. Seriously, appreciate it. We're going to take uh, a break. Actually, let's do this. As we're, as we're kind of wrapping up this subject, um, let's talk a little bit here to Madison. I believe our very own Madison has been doing some research that, uh, that she might be able to help us with procrastination. Is that what we're talking about? Yes, that is. I've been is. procrastinating talking about this. <laughs> uh, but after talking to Dr. Arden, and we got the feeds and the seeds, but a lot of us just want to keep putting stuff off. I know. I mean, I do that all the time. I'm probably one of the worst procrastinators. I think I am. Actually, I think you beat me. Okay. Well, that. that was rude. Again. <laughs> You know, we need to work on our social skills. You're supposed to say, just so you know, if you didn't know, you're supposed to say, oh, no, 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 you're great. Man. That's two. Well, you know, you procrastinated bringing this up. I so did. There you well, you're go. lucky I remembered. You're over there sleeping. So what? tell me the, the rule on procrastination. It seems like it's, you know, it's kind of normal. Okay. But the thing is, because it is normal, our what? brains are hardwired to do this. To procrastinate? Yeah. Why? Because you when think you think about it, good. I know, right? It's not good. It's natural for people not to want to do things right away. Right. If you do, and you've been like that since you were a child, you are not normal. Just really? putting that out there. Okay. I've been telling <laughs> you, them that. That's, that's, that's my almost, in-laws. My in-laws get everything done. <laughs> it's almost like a gift. Yeah. Most people have to work really hard at it. And it's because if you take the evolution standpoint, when you think about it back in the cave and people trying to survive in yeah. tribes and stuff, it was better for you to take the easy way. Like, right. why go the hard way? That could be dangerous. That could be risk. You don't want to risk, so, so stick with the easy. Mm-hmm, so, stick with what you know. Exactly. Don't change. Mm-hmm. Follow everyone else. Exactly. But that's why the cavemen are extinct. <laughs> oh, that was the dinosaur. Sorry. My bad. So um, so you're saying, though, this was evolution saying if you learn to take the easy way out, which is procrastination, mm-hmm. just avoid it, avoid it, avoid yeah. it, avoid it. Avoid it. Eat that plant that you know is safe. We know it's safe because you're already eating it. Exactly. So don't try the new one. Don't try know? the new plant with the and funny red berries. <laughs> there you go. And so you would survive. So that's kind of like a survival thing. And so you're meant, or not meant, but it's an instinct yeah. to go for what's easier. That's why I don't wash my car. There you go. Because and I'm so, already used to the car that's dirty. Yeah. So that kind of helped us out back then, but now it's like... Well, now you're a slowpoke. Yeah, time. now you're not getting anything accomplished. And then everyone around you is accomplishing stuff. Now <laughs> you're going to be roadkill. Because you're sitting there trying to figure out, should I get off the road? I feel like I should get off the road. Maybe. Honk, honk. You're dead. I didn't know that. That's a great little ditty, little Mm -hmm. fact. So the key is to outsmart yourself. Because it's kind of funny. They've done some studies. So I got this article from youarenotsosmart.com. It's actually kind of funny. Sounds great. (laughs) About a celebration of self-delusion. But it's one of the most popular articles on there about procrastination. They have a lot of case studies. Very interesting. Um, There's the famous marshmallow one. Yeah. Where they gave the kid a marshmallow. Stanford, yeah. If you stay there, if you, you know, wait a few seconds and you can get some more. Delay your gratification. Exactly. And so they also have stuff with like a Netflix case study where, you know, how you have a lot of stuff in your Netflix queue, like all these really cool like documentaries and stuff, but you never watch them. Mm. It's, and that's wise because that requires effort to be able to understand, to sit through, mm. and to fully engage. Whereas if it's like a comedy, you sit back and go, oh, ha, ha, you know, that's the easier way. Yeah. <laughs> and so, 
So yeah, so what they discovered, like with the example of the kids, is how they were able to wait as they distracted themselves, and so they outsmarted their desire to take the easy thing and get with the some distraction. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. See, so now when my wife says, "Hey, you kids, quit doing your homework at ten o'clock at night," they always now they'll be able to say, "Hey." It's, we're just a byproduct of evolution. <laughs> but you're saying we outsmart him and we say if we give you a marshmallow, <laughs> this is getting complicated. Okay, you know, probably not, probably not that. Give you a cup of marshmallow. <laughs> Why are you looking at my gut again? I'm not looking at your gut. <laughs> you <laughs> I'm looking little... at your eyes. That was what you used to eat, right? As a kid, cup yeah. of marshmallow? No, a cup of cheese. Cup of cheese. Oh, I thought it was a cup of, I thought you did both. I did both. I did yeah. marshmallows. But they're my, I ruined cups and my mom wouldn't let me do marshmallows anymore. <laughs> cheese just slides right out with all the grease. Oh, so gross. <laughs> but, you just shimmied. Yeah, sorry, it's just <laughs> gross. It, that would have made a great sh- video. If only we had video on the Matt Townsend show, but you we don't. Go, that, was a, that was a shimmer. I don't know what you call that. It was a shake. Shake, that was gross. So we've got we've to outsmart ourselves. Yeah, it's like why Nutrisystem and other things like that work. It's because you buy it, uh-huh. and for the future you go, okay, you know, like, that's not now. So yeah, I'll... I'll I'll commit to buying that healthy thing, yeah. then it delivers to your door, and you go, oh, oh, well, it's here, so that's easy. I better eat it. I paid for it. Exactly. And so it's like, that's, that's easier trick. to eat it then. It's a great trick. So try to find a way to do that with little things in your life. Thank you. You did it. Madison Alfredo sauce. <laughs> uh, all red. Great, great insight. See, are we learning? This is how you break a habit. You break a habit. This is happening. Hope it's helping. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We're going to play a little game, I think. We're actually going to tell you how long it really takes to create a habit. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. On Highway 89, not only can you hear musicians playing live, but you get to hear them talk about their work. And some of their influences might surprise you. I had headphones and I would listen to other things uh, like Van Halen and Journey and, and Rush that also influenced uh, influence my compositions and arrangements. I don't know if it's, it's apparent, but, but I think it is in there somewhere. Catch Highway 89 weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. With a parent's perspective on the gripping family-centered drama for home theaters, I'm Rod Gustafson. Based on actual events from the 2004 tsunami, The Impossible introduces a British family who arrives in Thailand for a relaxing Christmas vacation. But when the huge wave hits, the five of them are separated. After finding his two youngest sons, Henry begins a frantic search for his wife and oldest child. Is everybody all right? Henry? Marie and Lucas are not here. Most came and swept everyone away. And I found, I found Thomas and <laughs> Intense underwater scenes, frequent portrayals of bloody, injured victims, and some brief female nudity make this film unsuitable for younger family members. However, older teens and adults may be inspired by the human kindness exhibited during this tragedy. Get all the details in this PG-13 movie at parentpreviews.com. it up right here on the Matt Townsend show. We uh, we've been promising you that uh, we're going to give you the number. Apparently 21 days is not the number to make a habit. 
No. I've made many a bad habit in 21 days, by the way. But apparently I wasn't, it wasn't a habit yet. Um, we're going to go to Merritt now. Merritt, what have we got? Well, it doesn't take 21 days. It really depends on the person. Hmm. So in a study done that appeared in the European Journal of Social Psychology with their test group, there was kind of an 18-day minimum for people to create habits. Those are the cool people, I guess. Yeah, cool, smarty pants. <laughs> Obviously. Skyboy. But some people, it took as many as 254 days to create a habit. <laughs> That's sad. Which, yeah. But even a bad habit? I I bet bad habits happen faster. Because if you Seems think about it, well, yeah. If you think if it takes you 254 days to get a bad habit, like why would you maybe do you it? don't need yeah. the habit? <laughs> it's not going to happen. But good good news, it's a 66 day average, so not 21, okay. but 66. It's like more so the than double. Average habits but... created in 66 days. Exactly. 250 plus is kind of the extreme for those slow pokers. Uh, well, let's do this because I think we have a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a study, our own study that Rob has put together. And by study, you mean game show right i guess i did that's excellent wow music the uh does this this monumental task take less time than it does to make a 254 day habit game show (laughs) don't pull anything in there rob okay you ready yes (laughs) building a house yeah. How many days on average do you think it takes to build a typical American house? Typical meaning a uh, mansion? <laughs> typical. I'm going to say 220 days. 150. R- split the difference. 197. And I'm amazed that they have wow. that level of detail for 197 days to build a house, almost, or you can build a habit in 250. Something that's almost impossible to estimate. Excellent. Wow. How that's many good. days does it take Costco to build one of their stores on average? How many days? <laughs> to build Costco to build a house? <laughs> build or, I mean, to, build, to buy a you house know, at Costco? I've always wished that someday somebody could lock someday me and some other construction some guys who knew construction in a Home Depot. And just using stuff inside the Home Depot, yeah. build a house inside the store. 100 days you know, you know, for actually, Costco to get a, ha- a building up. Pretty I think close. that it takes longer to do a Costco because whenever you see like, oh, Costco coming soon, it just seems to take forever. Well, and the lines are okay, so this long. This is not counting permits. This okay. is just talking. Once yeah. you 100 for, days to build. 120. Huh. Less time than it takes to make a habit. Thank you. Okay. How many days would it take? Imagining you could drive all the way around the world. At freeway speed. Yeah. You have co-drivers, so you don't have to stop. Right, okay. How many days to drive the circumference of the Earth? Am I drinking a big beverage with lots of fluid? Um, It's an RV, so it's not a problem. Well, it is if you're driving. Um, (laughs) I'm going to say to drive around the Earth. Hmm. Sounds like Rob's dream. This is Rob's dream. (laughs) I think he's actually done it. I'm going to say 100 days. 16. What? Yeah, so if you could keep your freeway speed going the entire time. I was I was thinking of driving through the ocean, you guys. <laughs> Do you know how hard it is to drive on the bottom of the ocean? <laughs> yeah, that makes it different. Oh, I didn't know that one. Okay, I, you're saying if there were bridges and okay, stuff. Okay, but how about driving to the moon? Well, that's impossible. At freeway speed. All of this is impossible. At freeway speed, you're looking at a really long time. I'm not even going to guess because Skyboy will buzz me. Is it longer or <laughs> shorter than the 250 days to form a habit? Longer. Wait. Shorter. Blasted! 142 days <laughs> if you could drive to the moon at freeway speed. Great job, Sky. Skyler's having such fun love, with these hotkeys. When his mom's here, he's perking up. It's great. <laughs>
How many uh, days to drive to? Why are we doing driving, by the way? <laughs> oh, because these are you fun. got stuck in a rut. What last Rob's one? Last one. Driving. Okay, how many you wanna, days? You want to drive to Mars? And why are we going to Mars to visit Bryce? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's going to oh, be on Mars. Bryce. <laughs> um, I don't know. A year. Eighty-four years oh, when wow. the distance. Is well, uh, how fast do you drive? I mean, uh, six, I drive sixty-five. You could cut that down if you speed. Do a you have bit. anything that's not driving related? Okay, you have a forty-story building that okay. you want to demolish. Yeah. How many days, on average, does it take, according to contractors, mm-hmm. to get the permits, approvals, prep work, including removing glass and disconnecting utilities, to bring that forty-story building to the ground and haul it all? So we're away? talking about how how much government bureaucracy would it take <laughs> to tear down a forty? I'm going to go with two years. Well, you know, if you do it like extreme makeover home edition style, like yeah. they can tear down a house in like a few hours. So, like a forty-story building, I'd say like two days. I'm going to say two years. Putting the permits. Two years. Okay. Well. <laughs> 98 days. Less okay. time wow. than forming a habit. Amazing. And I think I'd rather do that than form some habits. And finally, <laughs> yeah. can you remodel your kitchen in less than 250 days? Me personally? No. Any- <laughs> the answer no. is no. I can't. It would, take a, it would take forever for me to remodel my kitchen. Oh, well. Good quiz. You know, we don't have enough quizzes on this show. Have you guys notice that? No. <laughs> well, maybe you ought to pay well, they're, attention. Well, they're... they're, they're Terribly useful, you know. Terribly useful? Well, the relatability for your average uh, person driving in their car right now needing to know, oh, yeah, that 40-story no, building but in right my backyard. Now people are engaged. need to know Everybody how long loves it takes a game to show. pull that down. Yeah. Everybody loves a game show. We'll work on that, Matt, just for you. I want more game shows. <laughs> Here's a quote for you. Julian Smith has this quote. You can't make yourself feel positive, but you can choose how to act. And if you choose right... It builds your confidence. Why do you have a quote from Julian Smith? That's just on my thing right here. Oh, What's wrong with that? <laughs> Relax. It was on my thing. Anything that comes up on my computer, okay. we're reading it. Well, I hope you learned how to make a habit. Remember we taught my favorite lesson was how to feed a habit. Focus on it. Effort. Put your effort into it till it becomes effortless. Then stay determined to keep it happening. I'd make it a habit to listen to this show every day. I think you, if you do, it'll change your life. We know it's changed Sky Boys and his mothers. Thanks for joining us. And come back tomorrow. We've got another great show for you tomorrow right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.